Blog Talk Radio. Excuse me, uh, yes sir, I understand, but do you actually have the word yes in your vocabulary? I guess it started when I was a kid. If you said I couldn't do it, I did. Always had a stubborn streak Put a wall in front of me And I'll find a way to get around it There was a friend who said I'd never make the team A lot of small town talk that said I'd never leave Oh, and you know who you are You all play the part In pushing me on to my dream told me no Pack it up and get back home It kept me going Knowing I would prove them wrong Yeah, I knew it all along Without a mind of giving up a long time ago And so I want to thank everyone Who ever told me Behind the desk He said, sorry what you got I just don't get Oh, but here I am today Standing on this stage And I wonder even now If he gets it, yeah I want to thank everyone Who ever told me no Pack it up and get back home It gets me going Knowing I would prove them wrong
is Tuesday night, and this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and like I told all of y'all last night and on my Facebook page, this entire week we are running shows. I think I have lost my mind, but that's okay because good things just keep on happening. First of all, I want to thank each and every one of you all for being here. We have hit 135,000 plus just on this show. When you add all the podcasts, which is SoundCloud and Stitcher and um, Spreaker, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, YouTube, Reverb Nation, Podcast.com, Podcast Garden, and two podcasts on our Heart Radio, we are looking at over 250,000 and over 200 countries. And surprisingly enough, one of the countries that listen to us is a country that my guest will be visiting soon, and we will get to that shortly. But I just want to thank each and every one of you because this is your show. It is not my show. You are the reason this show is successful. There's two ways you can get on this show, ladies and gentlemen. One, you can come on as a guest, or two, you can become a sponsor on this show. And I don't do it to get rich, I just want you to be heard. So, either way, Contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com, and I will tell you how you can accomplish one or both of those goals. And I want to welcome some sponsors to the show. The first one is Howard Levine. He has a book out called Last Guest, and it goes like this. Frank Tadishi's niece is dead, one of thousands of victims of a terrorist attack which has been laid at the feet of Islamic radicals by a right-wing U.S. government. Frank, based on a chance encounter, is one of the very few people who question the government's explanation. He's a Vietnam veteran who wants nothing more than to live out without further controversy or conflict. Can he and his grieving brother Rob, a detective with the NYPD, obtain the necessary evidence to uncover the truth and the face of scorn and incredibility? I cannot talk. Can they overcome their long-term estrangement to work together given that they are putting their lives in danger? And last gasp, a novel that resonates with today's politics, the answers to these questions unfold in a way that mingles personal and societal issues and that is last gasp by Howard Levine. Diane Moat's been a sponsor for this show for quite a while, and she is just absolutely amazing. She has a series of books, and it's called the Sam Holden series. Sam Holden Holden is a vigilante. And the third book in Dog Bones, Sam's Quest to Avenge Abused Animals, is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Will her double life be exposed? Will she be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't started the series, Get ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out the first book in the series, Dog Gone. Jay Traveler Pelton is an author who's been on this show a couple of times, and she's got something going on really neat for this time of year. Traveler Pelton has a special offer going on her website just for folks getting ready for holiday gift giving. She is offering postpaid sets of her trilogies for $25 a set, and she will autograph them any way that you like. She takes PayPal and will ship the sets out the next working day. Go to her website, travelerpelton.com, for all the details. In the meantime, her latest books are available as ebooks or paperbacks from Amazon and Books A Million. 
This month's new book is called To Protect One's Own, Book 7, and the Oberlin Generations Continue the Story of the Overachieving Oberlins with all the action, political intrigue, and hard science fiction that her fans have come to expect. Noel, Kai, and their families attempt to get ready to appear before the Joint Congressional Committee to testify to sort out the damage caused by the Brotherhood. Violet's old nemesis, Obsidian, shows up and suddenly, just driving to Washington, requires a military escort. While back, at, while back home at the retreat center, Bravo Company has lost their minds and tried to kidnap the Oberlin children. How do you protect your family when the world has lost its mind? Don't forget, Traveler Pelton on Amazon. We also have one more. This one I haven't gotten yet, but I really want to get it. Do you love thrilling whodunits, cozy mysteries, or sizzling suspense with dangerous twists and turns? Well, each one has secrets, and one of those secrets could get them all killed. Often death is just the beginning, but what if the damage was already done? The answers revealed in Death and Damages, keeping you on the edge of your seat with hair-raising homicides as you discover mysterious secrets, deadly assassins, and cold-blooded killers. And this thrilling box set of 24 breathtaking tales of Death and Damages. You can pre-order your box set now at deathanddamages.com. So check all those out, ladies and gentlemen. And this is the month of giving and receiving. And it also the month of supporting small businesses. And all of us as indie authors, musicians, artists, we are small business owners. And before I introduce my de- my guest, I just have to say, I've added yet another arrow in my quiver. I just sold a painting tonight, the very first one. So I'm very excited about that. And with that being said, I want to introduce a young man who's been with us before. And he is so smart. And he's going to teach us how to brand ourselves and to take care of our business as entrepreneurs. He's financial advisor, Eric Rosenberg. He is a finance, travel, and technology writer in Ventura, California. He is a former bank manager and corporate finance and accounting professional who left his day job in 2016 to take his online side hustle for full time. Eric has an in-depth experience writing about banking, credit cards, investing, and other financial topics. And he is an avid travel hacker. When away from the keyboard, Eric enjoys exploring the world, flying small airplanes, discovering new craft beers, and spending time with his family and little girls. You can connect with him at Personal Profitability or EricRosenberg.com. Eric, welcome to the show. And one of the countries that we are heard in is the country that you're getting ready to go visit. Yes, I am so excited, and thanks for having me back. I'm excited for my second appearance on your show. Well, it won't be your final one. I can tell you that right now because I love having you <laughs> on here. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so it's um, you, you had it right. In just under two weeks, I am going to be hopping on a plane. I'm actually taking my dad. He uh, He's actually, unfortunately, sick with cancer. So when we found out last summer he was sick with cancer, I thought, well, what could be more healing than a trip to Israel? So with my miles and points that I've saved up, I got us two round-trip flights, and I'm taking my dad business class to Israel. We're headed over in December. That will be such a memory 
for you and him both. Something that you can hold on later on down the road. What an amazing thing. And I know he's got to be excited, even as sick as he is. Oh, yeah. This is his third trip to Israel. He's been twice before, actually both with the same rabbi. This will be his first time going not on an organized trip. I guess I'm kind of his organized trip. (laughs) I think this will be my seventh trip to Israel. And the longest one I did was actually a semester in Jerusalem. So I've spent, if you add up all the time, well over six months in Israel, uh, mostly in Jerusalem, but I know my way around Tel Aviv a bit and can navigate the country. So I'm really excited. We're headed to, which is a holy city in the northern part of the country. We'll spend some time with family. And of course, you got to check out the beach when you're in Tel Aviv. And the bulk of our trip we're going to spend in Jerusalem and what we consider to be the holiest place in the world. And and this could not be a better time, Eric, because our new embassy is in Jerusalem. Yes, that's, it was it's actually, I don't know how much we want to do politics on here. I, I'll say I'm not always a fan of what happens in Washington, <laughs> but the... Uh, the move to move the embassy to Jerusalem is something I definitely supported. I think it was long past due, and it has actually been um, something that the U.S. has intended on doing for, I believe, decades now, and presidents kept just deferring it and deferring it, and finally it moved to Jerusalem. So the uh, the embassy is in the actual capital of Israel. <laughs> and I love it. I absolutely love it. I, it because that's where it needs to be. Politics aside, that is where it needs to be. And, well, and if you look at just the the way the countries run, you know, having lived in that city, you know, that's where the Supreme Court is. That's where the Knesset is. That's the equivalent of our, um, you know, our Congress. Uh, the Prime Minister is in Jerusalem. The President is in Jerusalem. The whole government is in Jerusalem. It's not in Tel Aviv. So that's where the the embassy should be. They should be where the government is really running and, and that is jerusalem absolutely i i you've got to take pictures and post them because oh israel definitely has, it's israel's always been on my bucket list because that is the seat of god's people that is the seat of religion that is that's where it all happened yeah, we have. You know, I'm I'm Jewish, so you know my in my beliefs, we've been there for you know thousands of years. It's it's a very special place, and it's the only place in the world that I've ever gotten off a plane on the other side of the world and felt at home. I know here I'm a minority. You know, there's very very small number of of Jewish people in the world, and being in the one place where I'm not a minority is pretty cool. Well, I'm going to tell you, I am I am so so happy that you're going and taking your father, and just make lots and lots of memories, my friend. And just remember, that's been on my bucket list. It was also on my sister's bucket list. She wanted to go because she felt the way that I did. That that that's the that's where it all began. Yeah, it's such a and special place. I mean, there's a there's a reason that Jews, Muslims, and Christians all believe Jerusalem. Is such a holy place. I mean, there's it's such a world focus, and even though it's so tiny, it's only about the size of New Jersey. So if you're looking at a map of the U.S., all those news stories about everyone <laughs> fighting over Israel, it's a really tiny place in the world. So 
Uh, there's just so so much special history there for so many people. I feel really lucky that I've gotten a chance to go and spend so much time there. Oh, me too, especially with your dad. Oh, what a joyous oh, occasion. Oh, don't make me cry, Eric. Just don't make me cry. Not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to, my friend? That's been a lot of hard work, a little bit of travel. I've had some trips. Actually, since we were on last, I went to FinCon. That is a big financial blogging and media conference that took me down to Orlando. So I was over on your coast. <laughs> and I was also yes, about about a month and a half before that, I was in Philadelphia for a podcasting conference called Podcast Movement. So I like to travel and get around. Of course, I visited my family back in Denver as well. So you know, traveling and working hard. I work long, good, hard days on the computer as a finance writer. You know, primarily that's my income as a freelance finance writer. So I write for a whole big range of websites, news websites, and company websites. And it has certainly been a lot to keep me busy, not to mention two little girls that I chase around the house all day. (laughs) (laughs) And I know they're a handful, but they're a cute handful. I have have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So oh, they're they're Lord. wonderful, but they are yeah, they definitely keep me busy. That's a nice way to say it. <laughs> well, I, if I had known you were in Orlando, it's only an hour and a half up the road for me. I'd have come and paid you a visit. Well, I'll actually be back in um, it'll be the fall of 2019. Podcast movement will be on the East Coast again. We're headed back to Orlando, so I will be back. Not well, too long. Let me know, and I'll I'll make a trip to Orlando. I've got a cousin up there too, so they get an opportunity to see her as well. Yeah, it's a small world. That's fun. <laughs> it is a small world. So now let's do some fun stuff. You also, and and ladies and gentlemen, if you're a small business owner, whether you're an artist, whether you have a clothing store, whether you do sculpture, whatever it is, as an entrepreneur that you do, whether you have your own ad firm. Eric is a wealth of information about how to be successful, the do's, the don'ts, the the branding. And and you've heard me preach on this show, what we sell is not our brand. It's just the product. We are the brand. So if someone were to come to you and say, Eric, I've got this five-year plan, but I don't know how to execute it, what would you tell them? Start by getting specific and something I like to lean back on again and again. And I I know that I have some perfectionist tendencies. So I always have to remind myself and others to not let perfection get in the way of progress. It's important that you always keep moving forward, keep making new plans, be ready to adapt. If your plan needs to change, that's okay. But you're not going to build any business or any financial success if you ignore it, you know, something that another thing I like to say is that no one ever you know, ignored their credit card debt and it just solved itself. Like your bills aren't just going to start paying themselves. The same thing happens with building a business. It takes time and it takes effort and you have to focus on it. So whether you, you know, have this idea at the back of your head that you haven't gotten started with or you've you know, just put a little bit of work into a new plan, the most important thing is to just get started 
you can figure out a lot as you go along. There's so much to learn. You're never going to know everything when you start. You know, that's part of the excitement of business. Is it's something you can always learn more about. It doesn't know. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can always still learn more, and you can always be better at it. So you know, if you go into it with that positive attitude and know that you'll have to put in a little elbow grease and a little bit of hard work to succeed, uh, you'll you'll be getting started on the right track. And and would it be fair to say there is a difference? We all have dreams. Every one of us dreams. But there's a difference in a dream and a plan. Well, a, a plan is just a dream that you've written down, right? And executed. Exactly. Or have, have a, a, a desire and a plan to execute. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, I've, I know so many people who would dream to quit their cubicle job and work at home and work online, which you know, I've, I feel so lucky I've been able to do that and build that career as a writer. And people come to me and say, Eric, you know, how do I do that? How did you do it? And I said, well, I didn't do it by not writing. You know, I had to start a blog. I had to start building that personal brand. As you said, that brand is so important, whether you're selling a book or you're like me selling articles and services or whether you're selling anything else. You know, your brand is so important. And standing behind that and giving your clients or your customers the best possible experience with every single interaction is key because that's what allows you to build and grow your business to a point you can you know, maybe jump out of that cubicle or that day job you've been itching to leave. And would it also be fair to say, Eric, sometimes we we may have our eyes set on one goal and we start heading off in that direction and we're gung ho about it and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make that five year plan and then all of a sudden we have to take a detour because something oh, yeah, else has said, no, you're doing me first. Yeah, that's actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I have a personal story I could share just like that. And it is a huge part of the success that I've seen and I've seen other people do the same thing. So I know it works. And it's something that a lot of people don't like to hear. But if you take it to heart and you're really objective and open-minded, you can apply it to whatever you're working on. And I promise you it will work. So, so here's what it is. When I started my blog, when I started my business, I thought I was going to be a lot like this one guy who I really like and look up to. His name's Pat Flynn. His website is Smart Passive Income. I've been a big fan for about as long as the website's been around, and I'm lucky to know Pat. He's a great guy. But I thought my website would be just like his. I thought I'd have this site with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of monthly views. I'd write about some cool product that I like. And hundreds of people would rush and sign up, and I'd get big affiliate checks, and you know, Google would send me tons of traffic, and the world would be wonderful, and there would be rainbows and unicorns and kumbaya. But you know, <laughs> Google had different plans for my website traffic than I did, and the thing that was really working and making me a lot of money wasn't building this giant online empire. Not that I'm not still trying, but what was really working was the freelance writing, which I wouldn't have had had I not started the blog. So, you know, this this isn't like a chicken and an egg thing. I know exactly what I did to start this, and it was starting my blog, starting my own website. So if you – it doesn't matter if you want to have just a regular old job or if you want to be an author or and get published or if you want to do anything else, it is so important to get your own website. You know, for me, I actually spent $1,000 to get ericrosenberg.com 
because you know that's an important valuable part of my brand. So when I started this freelancing, you know, I, it was growing and growing and doing really well. And there was finally a point I had to look at my books, at my finances, and say, wow, I'm really not a blogger. I'm a freelance writer, and the blogging is just a, a sales funnel for my freelance writing clients. But that freelance writing is what was really working. So when I shifted my mindset from focusing more on my blog at personal profitability to more on my clients and growing that, that's where I really saw the best success in my business. So what you plan on working might not be what actually works in your business. <laughs> and if it isn't, that's okay. Embrace what's working. Because even if it's not exactly what you want to be doing or selling or making, if something's working, it's probably better than whatever you're doing now, if, or you wouldn't be working on a new side project, right? So when you find that success, just dive in deep, and, and you'll see that success start to repeat itself again and again. And I did the same thing in my business after I quit my job. I went full-time in 2016, and at that point, about 20% of my income was coming from website support and development, and about 80% from writing. And I looked at all my numbers, actually it was QuickBooks is what I use, and I looked at QuickBooks and I started scratching my head. If you, if you know the 80-20 rule, you'll see where I'm mm -hmm. going here. I saw 76% yep. of my revenue actually was coming from writing, so almost 80%, and that was taking 20% of my time. And the website work was making me about 15 to 20% of my income, but taking about 80% of my time and 90% of my stress. So clearly there was something wrong there. When I quit doing the website work, which was scary at that exact moment I did it, the bills were running a little tighter because I had to just quit that job where you know, I was making a good income as a senior financial analyst. And when I did that and focused on the part that was working, when I applied that 80-20 rule to my business, my income tripled over the next three months. And that was when I first broke the $10,000 a month mark and I've done it every single month since, except for two months. One, I was really close. I missed it by like $50. So as a finance guy, I just round that and say I made it. And the other was <laughs> the month that my uh, youngest daughter was born when our house almost burned down in a big wildfire, which our house Ooh. was fine and our daughter was fine. But I missed like 10 days of work that month. So didn't make my $10,000 goal that month. But other than that, every single month I've made it since I hit it the first time. And it was just unlocking that code of embracing what works and repeating it again and again and again until you have the success you want. Let me ask you this, because you, you brought up a very good point. People are not prone to embracing a different path because they're so focused on this is my thing. I've been and and they get tunnel vision. They hurt themselves by doing that because they could be over here, like you, with the eighty twenty rule, increasing their income. But they're so totally focused on that childhood dream, they forget there's other opportunities out there. There's something wrong with that picture. Yeah, sometimes you know, it's okay to have dreams and things you enjoy. We call those hobbies. If it's not something that's going to really pay for the lifestyle and provide the lifestyle you want, 
And you know, maybe you don't have the biggest needs in the world. You know, there's a lot of people who are happy living a modest lifestyle and they don't need a lot, and that's great. But if you you know, want that big mansion and fancy cars and private plane rides, you got to work hard and succeed to get there. And that's not going to happen by you know, it's like they say work smarter, not harder, right? So if you mm-hmm. feel like you're working harder and you're not getting ahead, you have to ask yourself why. And people don't do that. They would rather run in place and watch everything else pass them by and be resentful or or whatever they feel instead of saying, okay, I need to rethink what I'm doing here because what I'm doing is no longer working. And it doesn't mean they failed because what they were doing helped them get to another place. Right. Everything is a learning opportunity. Like, I don't look at my blog just because my blog doesn't make as much money as Pat Flynn's blog. Does that make my blog a failure? No, of course not. My blog has helped people. I've gotten emails from people who paid off their mortgages and gotten out of credit card debt and better managed their student loans and started businesses from what I've written. So I've helped people's lives that way. And what I didn't realize that when I started it was a resume for a new career path. So if it weren't for that blog, I wouldn't be where I am today. So you know, it's a failure in the original terms that I set out when I started that blog, but it has been a success in so many more ways than I could have possibly imagined. I mean, like when, when I started my MBA program way back about 10 years ago now, they told us that most of the jobs that a lot of us would be doing in 10 and 15 and 20 years didn't exist yet. So they couldn't train us how to do those exact things. <laughs> And that comes to mind all the time because when I was a kid, if you you know, when you said what do you want to be when you grow up, the word blogger didn't even exist. Like you couldn't be a blogger when you grew up. But <laughs> lo and behold, I am a professional blogger. So there you, you, go. you never know what you're going to be. I when I was two, I said I was going to be a gynecologist, and I'm a long way from that. So sometimes <laughs> you have to let go of those childhood ideas, right? <laughs> And with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and pay some bills, and we will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with the most fantastic human being in the world, financial advisor, an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur, Eric Rosenberg. And if, if when we come back, we're going to talk about some other things, but listen to what this young man is, is telling us, because... He is not only walking the walk, he's talking the talk, too. So we will be right back. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. 
Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. This is Jade. And this is Winona. Wow, it's been a busy summer. Yes, we have new books. I think we have a new audio book. And I thought the voice was bad with other life lessons. Why is that title such a mouthful? I don't know, but you can hear that mouthful on Audible and on iTunes now. And that will take you through life changes, the highs and lows of it, through pop poetry and the literary life guide. So remember to check us out. And no, I don't mean a once over, but then my narcissism said, well, maybe check me out once. And then look at the rest of the website at andrethought.com. You can check out the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything that we're doing on that website, andwethought.com, just in case you didn't get it the first time. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to say bye from Winona and Jade and our website. Okay, is this going to be like a running gag? Yup. Andwethought.com. Bye-bye. Tune in to Off the Chain Radio, December 5th to meet the founders of Be Unique Magazine, a nonprofit, digital, interactive publication that's free to read online. Nothing but positive vibes and stories about amazing humans who are making a difference in our world. With more than 50 volunteers from a dozen different countries within the first three months, this organization has caught the world by storm. Want more information? Visit BeUnique.org. B-U-N-E-K-E.org. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband, that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, 
a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, financial advisor and entrepreneur, Eric Rosenberg. Eric, before the break, we were talking about taking different paths, even though we get totally focused on on the one thing we were doing or thought we were going to do. And I have come to believe that, like you, sometimes we have to take that path in order for it to open up those other doorways. And if we don't walk through them, we have no idea how far we could go. Oh, right. Yeah, we have so many opportunities presented before us. And, you know, they say never burn a bridge. Also, don't leave unopen, don't leave doors open that haven't been walked through. Test out things. You know, take take some risks. Take some adventures. You never know where you, where you will end up when you start. But you know that if you don't try, you won't get anywhere. And and I have a real good friend of mine, and I did not realize that, that she thought this about me. She said, Yvonne, she, she has her own advertising firm, but she also wants to be an author. And we talking several years ago, let's go do it. What are you waiting for? Well, she's just published her first book, and she said, you were the reason that I did this. She says, because you don't overanalyze it. You just said, well, go out and do it. Life is so short, Eric. If we don't take the risk, we'll never know our full potential. Yeah, I have I have a friend who I wish I had a story that exciting to share. Um, <laughs> instead, I can say that he kept talking about starting a website and kept talking about it and kept talking about it, and he never started it. And he did end up starting another business, and it has been very successful, and I was excited to see that success. But he never started the website because he was always so inundated with the little details he couldn't just do it and get started. And it's not that complicated. I think as human beings, sometimes we overthink things. We think of all the things that could go wrong, and we don't take the time to think of all the things that could go right. So we defeat ourselves before we ever put that first foot through that door. Oh, definitely. And there's even studies that prove this. Um, there was a study, of, a pretty famous one a few years ago. They went to a farmer's market, and some people set up a booth selling, I think it was jams or honeys, and they set out a certain number of jams or whatever it was, and they tracked the sales. Then the next day, they put just three options instead of, I think, nine or 12 the first day. And with fewer options, they got more sales. So the moral of this story is more options just lead to analysis paralysis and doing nothing. So you don't think in your head about the million options you can do. Get it down to the ones that you really want to do and can execute on and follow through with. And that is true. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what's going on with Blog Talk Radio. They keep trying to fade us in and out. So if y'all will just bear with us. Once again, we're on live radio. We limit ourselves because we say, well, I can only do this. I'm not smart enough to do that. So we limit ourselves to such a narrow path that sometimes we cut off our nose to spite our face and instead of just saying, okay, we're going to go big or go home. And I would rather go big because I'm not going home. If I, if I don't make it, I don't make it. <laughs> so there's, there's reasons that we like each other because we both that like is, to go big rather than to go home. <laughs> exactly. If I'm going to the dance, I'm going to the dance. I might not dance with anybody, but that's okay. I went to the dance. I'm not going to turn around and go back to the house because I'm too afraid to walk through that door. Yeah, you got to show up. Otherwise, you you just never know. That's the first step in anything. And, And there's so many people out there. I get this all the time, and I'm sure you do too. Well, I've got this book, but I'm afraid to put it out there. I'm afraid nobody will like it. And my response to them is, who cares? A lot of people think so much about what other people think about them, especially when you're really new in entrepreneurship. A little piece of wisdom that I've picked up along the way is most people don't care. And if they care enough to hate on you or say negative things about you, that means there are probably multitudes more who liked you and were inspired by you. So, you know, haters going to hate, as they say. So ignore them and don't let them stop you from living your dreams. People that you've never even met, you know, who cares what they think? And I flip that around. When somebody does their little hating thing on me, I, I go, you know, I've arrived. They yeah, it know means I'm that you, <laughs> It means that you have done something great enough that they would spend their valuable time critiquing it. Exactly. If they don't have anything better to do than to insult me, then I'm doing something right. <laughs> you got that right. But we got to get these, bless their hearts, there's so much potential out there, and people are keeping it in a box, and they're not walking through that door. There's going to be so many unsung songs, so many unwritten books, so many undone paintings, so many financial advisors that didn't take that leap of faith and say, okay, I'm here. I'm the brand. This is what I do. Take me or not. And the example you brought up of someone who wrote the book and is afraid to publish it, they've already done the hard part. You've already written your book. And you, you, you today, you sold your first painting. The hardest part wasn't selling it. It was probably painting it. And once you sell it, once you find a, a buyer, you know, that's an easy part to selling it. That's just someone handing you money. But creating something new, that, that's the hardest part. That's the riskiest part. So if you've written your book or if you've painted your painting, you know, sign up for Etsy and put that painting on there. Go on to Amazon and self-publish your book. It isn't that hard. And if you're worried about you know, your grammar or something, hire an editor. You know, there, there's ways to get around whatever mental roadblocks we put up that are getting in our own way of success. And, and that, that brings up another point, Erica. I'm glad you, you said it that way because 
I tell people all the time, you cannot even get out of your own way to do what you need to do to, to put your plan into action. You are your own worst enemy. And it's often we're our own worst enemy more often than anyone else's. You know, realistically, I mean, if you, if you have friends or family that get down on you or, or are negative when you're trying to do something new or exciting, um, spend less time with those people. <laughs> They're not a positive influence in your life. Exactly. Because most people, the people who love you and care about you, will support you and try to help you succeed. And yes, I mean, there definitely were people in my family that when I told them I was going to quit my job to become a blogger, they thought I was crazy, and I proved them <laughs> wrong many times over. Um, but the people who really stood by me, you know, my wife, I think she was more confident that I'd succeed than I was. <laughs> I was freaking out the night I um, gave notice at my job, and she was like, you'll be fine. You know, my mom, she's the one who said, you know, Eric, you've done so many things that you've wanted to do before. If you really think this is going to work, I believe you and I trust you and I support you. And my dad, who was more questioning and less supportive, I showed him my P&L, my profit and loss. And I was like, here, I did it. And, and now he supports me. <laughs> so so the, and, and, uh, and the original supporters, I proved them right. And the people who weren't originally supportive, I proved them wrong and changed their mind. And And probably because your dad may not fully understand how – our technology works now and and how it is such an intricate part of, of our daily lives. When you said, Dad, I'm going to be a professional blogger, he's going, yeah, okay, and how's that going to work out for you? <laughs> exactly. Well, he'd seen me you know, go through college twice to get you know a finance degree and an MBA in finance. And I'd worked so hard on my gray cubicle corporate ladder career path that he was I think he was more worried about me, the risk of abandoning that than the uh, upside of the self-employment route. So he was thinking more about the leaving than the where I was going, where I was but focused could, more on the, the grass being greener on the other side of the hill and creating and, more green for me, if you know what and I mean. Like you said, <laughs> well, and like you said before, you didn't burn any bridges. So you could have always gone back, though it would have probably – really ticked you off, but you could have always gone back into corporate America. But aren't you having so much more fun being an entrepreneur? Oh, this is way better. I, I'd never go back <laughs> doing what I do now. <laughs> um, it's, I, I think I've, I'm one of those who, I, I hate to use the term unemployable, but some entrepreneurs eventually become that. You become so you know, set in your way of how you run a business and, and becoming your own boss that the idea of having someone else come in and tell you what to do would be, it wouldn't be pleasant for either of you, let's just say. <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of on that scale. I just, I, I've been doing my own thing for so long now that, that to go back into corporate America and have to deal with some of the stupidity that abounds in corporate America and just makes my teeth grind. And I'm thinking, I really yeah, I mean, there were, there were definitely upsides. I don't want to make it sound all bad. You know, I had great colleagues, I had great coworkers. I did enjoy a lot of what I did day to day, but I definitely don't miss the bureaucracy and the schedule, the aspects that are seem somewhat arbitrary. You know, when you're yes. a, in a salaried position, um, it should be focused on what you get done, on your total productivity, not necessarily you know, your butt in chair time. 
but yeah. in the corporate world, but in share time matters a lot more than results to a lot of managers because it's a lot easier to measure. So that is the metric for success. And I don't think you know, any company that's running with that as their metric for success is probably harming itself because the best workers might not do their best work between nine and five Monday through Friday. And by requiring them to work exactly a specific time place and with specific tools or, or things you know, accessible to them with whatever resources the company provides, they could be really holding them back. You know, as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, I can do whatever I want and pick whatever tool I want. You know, if I don't like my accounting program, I could change it tomorrow. If I don't like my web host, I could change it right now. You know, I could do whatever I want with my business and losing the freedom and flexibility to choose even just the tools that I use. Uh, that, that would be frustrating enough. That is so true. That Because it, it, I just had flashbacks of when I was in school. And my teacher said, Yvonne, you can't write. They basically, my my papers were so written in red, I, the original writings you couldn't even see. And I look at myself today, and for years, I allowed that to hold me back from doing what it was that I wanted to do. And the song that I played tonight is a tribute to that past life and and I, if they were alive, I would really like to thank them. Because look at me now, look at you now, people yeah, well, that. I, you know, I thought I was a bad writer when I was a kid because I. It turned out I just had bad English teachers. <laughs> it took <laughs> two. It took two great English teachers in high school. It was and this. I went through this amazing thing with English and writing classes you know, all the way through, even in the middle school. I, aside from, you know, it's like, yeah, I get grammar and spelling. And otherwise, I hated what we called language arts. Uh, but uh-huh. then in uh, my freshman year in high school, I had a very you know, eccentric English teacher who helped me look at uh, the way you would approach English a little differently. And I enjoyed that, you know, the creative aspect we took on that. Um, then my teacher the next year, I'd say was probably the worst English teacher I ever had. And I told her that not on purpose. <laughs> almost ended up getting kicked out of her class. The she posted the grades on the board, and it was by student ID number, so you couldn't tell anyone else's grades but your own. But it also posted the class average, and I said out loud while I was reading it, "If the class average is a D plus, maybe it reflects more on the teacher than the students." And she heard me say that and did not like that. Good point. Excellent, <laughs> but, and that's true. If the average is a D, like dog, not B, like, you know, Bob, <laughs> it was it was not a good thing. But then the next two years, I had these amazing teachers who encouraged our creativity and, you know, broke us out of, you know, when you're a kid, it's like accordion paragraphs and all these mm-hmm. super specific rules you have to follow. And when you when you learn that you can be a little more creative and writing doesn't have to be exactly form-fitting to the way the academic establishment (laughs) says it has to be, you can have so much more fun doing it. And that's what I learned when I started blogging. And I didn't have a a middle school English teacher marking my (laughs) articles up. (laughs) People actually kind of enjoyed reading them, it turned out, and I enjoyed writing them. So that's how I ended up becoming a writer. 
It's because I it really goes back to those two great teachers, uh, Mr. Moldau and Mr. Rowe. And and I know they're still around somewhere. I doubt that they'll hear this, but if either of you know a Mr. Moldau or Mr. Rowe that taught in Denver, you can tell them they inspired their students. Because uh, they look, definitely help and me. And look at you now. Just look at you oh. now. Now I'm a writer for a living. If you told me in high school or college that I was going to be a writer for a living, I would have laughed at you. I, there would have been no way I would have thought that <laughs> I will ever be a writer. But here I am writing. Uh, you know, I, I wrote three articles today. So uh, that's you know typical Tuesday now. <laughs> and and it, 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 we circle back around, Eric, to – don't be afraid to walk through whatever door it is because you don't know what's on the other side. It could be something completely different, but yet you took the chance to walk through that door. Last night when I was putting, or night before last, when I was putting my artwork up on the site where I sell it, I, I had that moment of doubt and I thought, you know what, Yvonne? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. There's been if one person calls you a jackass, you pretty much ignore them. If two people call you a jackass, you might want to think about it. When that third person calls you a jackass, <laughs> you're pretty much a jackass. Well, instead of being called a jackass, I had one person say, "You need to sell your work." The second person said, "Where can I buy your work?" The third person said, "Yvonne, I want that piece of art." So I went with all three of those and said, "Okay, I'm putting it up there. I can always take it down." And you got a sale. You got money in the bank. So Absolutely. isn't it so great you listened? Listen to the yes. lovers. Don't listen to the haters. Ignore the haters. But when people give you positive, you know, positive advice or positive reinforcement, and that's how some some of the greatest companies in the world, even little companies, started that way. Uh, you know, one that I really like the story that it came out of is New Belgium Brewing, which I go. I don't think it's a micro brew anymore. It's become one of the biggest breweries in the country, but it started because the guy who created the company went on a bike trip around Belgium, fell in love with the beer, was making beer for all of his friends and family, and they said, wow, this is so good, you should sell it. And look at him now. He runs one of the biggest breweries in the world. So you know, it, it, any great thing starts somewhere. You know, Sam Walton started Walmart with one little store in Bentonville, Arkansas. Yep. Steve Jobs created that first computer with Steve Wozniak in his garage. You know, Bill Gates sat there at a computer terminal decades ago learning how to code before there was a thing called Windows. All these people started somewhere. They started in a dorm room. I don't know why I'm going all tech company examples, but you know, that's where, where my mindset's going today. But you know, all these people, all these companies you've heard of, they all started somewhere. I think it was for some University of Oregon athletes. So we all start somewhere. Everyone has a humble beginning. It's just, what, are you going to take that humble beginning and grow it and run with it? Or are you not even going to start? And you know if you don't start, you won't get anywhere. And then at the end of the day, you're going to say shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah, I know that was something also when I got ready and I, I gave that final two weeks notice to leave my job, which I ended up turning into six weeks notice because they asked. And I said, okay, you know, we don't want to burn that bridge when I was getting ready to do that, one thing I said to my wife was, you know, there was a time about a year and a half before that I almost quit my job and I didn't. And looking back, that would have been an easier time to leave than the moment I was at. And I looked back and I saw all these times I almost went full time. And every time it came up, 
It got harder and harder and harder. And making big changes in your life will never get easier. It will only get harder. You know, if you're listening to this and you're you know, lucky enough to still be young and in your <laughs> teens or 20s, um, you have so many opportunities in front of you to really take a risk and give it a try. But you know, as you get older, you might have things like kids and mortgages and bills that make it so you can't take those risks and you can't try those new things. So whatever point you are, know it will not be easier in the future than it is right now to just give it a try and start. And, you know, when I quit my job, I knew, which we talked about a a little bit ago, I always had that MBA I could fall back on. Yeah, I might not have been able to go back to the same job at the same company or even got the same salary, (laughs) but I still have that MBA. I still have that education. I can always go back and be a financial analyst and do spreadsheets all day. But if I hadn't taken the chance and I hadn't taken the risk, I know I would still be doing spreadsheets today right now rather than living this amazing lifestyle where I control what I do with the hours of my day, where I can wake up with no alarm clock, where I can decide what I work on and when I work on. And with that, we're running out of time. So real quick, tell folks where you can be found. Oh, I lost him. Ladies and gentlemen, I lost Eric. Hopefully he will call back in. His, His call dropped. But he can be found at personalprofitabilityorericrosenberg.com. We are running out of time. I hope he calls back in before we go off the air. I do want to thank him for joining us tonight. I hope that you all have learned something. And make your, make your plans real, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. There's Eric. Yeah, I don't know what happened right there. I I was gone all of a sudden. (laughs) You were gone, but we're running out of time. Tell the folks real quick where you can be found. Yeah, definitely. The easiest way is to find me. If you love podcasts, you can go to the Personal Profitability Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I have a free giveaway. It's a week-long personal finance course. You can get started at personalprofitability.com slash bootcamp. No credit card, no strings attached. Just enter your email and you'll get started. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Eric for joining us. Don't hang up when we go dark, Eric, because I want to tell you some things. But we will be back tomorrow night with author Julie Morgan. I hope you all have had as much fun as I have. And, yes, I will bring him back because he and I can never run out of things to talk about. He is just so much fun. And tomorrow night, the next night after that, the next night after that, and the next night after that, we will be running all week. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight. And remember this, don't ask anybody's permission to be great. Just go out and be great because you're already great. And people will forget what you look like, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So until tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, I want to wish you all a good evening. Again, I want to thank financial advisor Eric Rosenberg for joining us. Go check him out at personalprofitabilityorericrosenberg.com. Also, friend him on Facebook. Until then, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason. And we will return again tomorrow night. Eric, thank you, my friend. That hour went by. I looked up, and it was two minutes to the hour, and I'm going, oh, my goodness. We got- <laughs> well, that just means we're having com- fun, right? 
Yes, will you come back? Will you be a permanent part of my show? I'd love to come back. It'd be fun. Okay. Because I want to hear all about your trip to Israel, too. Sounds great. Yeah, I'll be back um, towards the mid-late December. I think I get back the 18th or so. And, uh, yeah, right before the – actually, I'm leaving right when Hanukkah ends and getting back right before Christmas starts. So no matter what religion you celebrate, it's an exciting time of year to go. (laughs) Yes, it is. It really, really is. Thank you so, so much, and thank you for allowing me to um, postpone you to tonight. As a po- The other week, I was just having a really, really, really bad week. Oh, yeah, no problem. I was so sorry to hear about your husband. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking, and it's such a tough thing. So it, thank, it thanks for uh, having me on the show, and no problem at all. Well, I, I lost my heart that day. It, it just, when the show goes off, I, I usually go in the living room and they say, Vaughn, who'd you talk to? How was it? What'd you talk about? And now it's just me and the dog here, so I can't have yeah. that conversation. But um, we'll get through it. God has a plan. I know he does. He told me he did. But thank you again so much. And what I will do, Eric, when this show goes into archives, I'll put the link up on my page, and I'm going to tag you on your Facebook page in it. And feel free to share it. Yes, definitely. Will do. I My biggest audience is actually on Twitter. So when I get tagged, I, last time I sent the uh, link over to my assistant and she put it on my Twitter and sent it to my email list and added a link to the website. That's that's my Sweet. biggest place is on Twitter. Yeah. Well, it's also going to go up on Spreaker and SoundCloud. I'll send you those links too. It's going up. It goes Perfect. up everywhere. I mean, you're, you're heard all over the world, including oh, yeah. Israel. That's- that's, that's one of the cool things with Blog Talk Radio. They make it so easy to just, you know, to send your send your show to all the different listening services. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> and I and see, I have two podcasts on. It took me two years to get on iHeartRadio, and now I have the two. I have Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason and Off the Chain, and and these shows go up on both of those podcasts on iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio, you can hear if you have huge. serious radio. Yeah. You, if you have Sirius Radio in your car, you can you you can listen to my podcast. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, the world the world's come a long way. With like, I'm <laughs> waiting for the day that podcasts become the primary and radio is like the backup option in a car. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. We're on the way. It's coming. Just like you didn't know it. High school, you were going to be a blogger. <laughs> And before you know it, you're like you'll just like hop in the car and you'll just tell it where you want to go and it'll just take you there. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll stop some of the wrecks and some of the drunk drivers out there killing people. Oh yes, it, that is one of the reasons I'm most excited about self-driving cars. At the end of a night, someone could get in their own car, even if they've had way too much to drink, and say, "Car, take me home," and it will just do that safely. That mm-hmm. it will be a a game changer. And a such a lifesaver. But first, they got to get those self-driving cars where they don't run into other cars because they take on their own life form. Well, yeah, well, they're <laughs> they're pretty good now. They're actually at a point um, they're going to start testing the real live uh, taxi service. It'll be owned by Google in Phoenix. That's where it's going to start Ooh. by the end of 2019. You'll be able to go on an app on your phone, and a car will come pick you up and take you wherever you want to go. That should be interesting. Try to stay out of the fires. 
Oh yes, we're um, about twenty miles from the uh, the most recent one in Thousand Oaks. So we're in, in Malibu. So we saw the smoke, but we're we're out of it this time, thankfully. So you're safe. Yeah, a year ago it was a block from my house, and my daughter oh, was born when we were evacuated. <laughs> so it's been very close to home. Please, well, you need to move out of California and come come south where we only have hurricanes, and you have warnings about hurricanes. <laughs> you can you get out of the way. Yeah, you and your money goes so much farther. That's Absolutely. like that's the biggest thing. I'm thinking Florida with no state income tax and the cost of housing compared to here. But mm-hmm. here I have family. That's the biggie. That's what brought us to mm. California. It's my family. So well, I don't know if we'll ever. Yep. If you ever decide you want to move, you can move to Florida. You've got the, – the only thing we don't have is mountains, but it's not that far up the road to Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. So, But you have the water, and it's it's pleasant all the time. Right now, we're, it's going to dip down in the 40s. I'm going to freeze to death. But usually, it's it's warm, and you don't freeze to death. And yeah, That's even colder it, than here. Yeah. But it only lasts like 24 <laughs> hours. It doesn't last forever like it does in Georgia where you have six months That's of true. cold. Oh, yeah. Well, I grew up in Denver. so And I was born in Minneapolis in the winter. So I know cold. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Sure. I don't want yeah. to scrape ice off a windshield ever again in my entire life. That's a goal I have. <laughs> I, under, I totally get it. I totally get it. I want to thank you again, and please tell your lovely wife, thank you for sharing you with me for an hour. It was an absolute marvelous hour. I had so much fun, and I learned a lot. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun, and we will talk very soon. Absolutely. We'll get you back on in February. I'm perfect. That's my birthday month. It's a great month. I love February. Okay. (laughs) That works. (laughs) All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.